bosoms. She blushes when she says it. But I'm not a proper lady, I remind her. I'm a schwibzik. January 7th, 1914. Well, we did it. Mama's friend, Anya Virabova, came to our rooms after supper, and we rounded up Dr. Botkin and his son, Gleb and Baroness Buxahoavedin, and as many of Mama's ladies-in-waiting and Papa's gentlemen as could be found to make up the audience. There was no one to play the role of the Dowager Empress, of course, and so we put one of Mama's tiaras on an embroidered cushion on a gilt chair and pretended that was Grandmother. Papa put on his white dress hat with gold braid. First he bowed to Olga, and she curtsied, and then they danced while he whistled a waltz. Papa is the best whistler. Next it was Tatiana's turn, and then Mashka's. I would have been next, but I decided not to play myself in this production. Instead, I borrowed a pair of tall black boots and a white jacket from one of the servants and took the role of Lieutenant Boris. Shura, my nurse governess, painted a huge black mustache on my lip. Alexei made me a cocked hat of folded paper. Then I ordered my sisters to dance with me while I pretended to stomp all over their feet. Mashka said I didn't pretend enough and that I really did step on hers, but it was truly not on purpose. It ended badly because Alexei insisted that he was going to dance like Lieutenant Boris, and he got rowdy and crashed into Mama's table. Now we're afraid he'll get one of those terrible bruises and be ill again. January ninth, 1914 Faux! I detest schoolwork. Monsieur Gilliard, our French tutor, says that my efforts lack inspiration. What he means is... I am lazy. We've been working on the pluperfect tense. And what could be inspirational about that? I was supposed to write my sentences ten times each, but I forgot a few of them and instead drew a border of flowers around the paper. Monsieur Gilliard says that my flowers don't make up for lack of inspiration. January 10th, 1914 Just as I feared... Alexei is in bed again, his knee swollen up like a cabbage and paining him horribly. When Alexei is not well, our whole family suffers with him. We take turns sitting by his bed and reading to him. The servants tiptoe in and out, asking in whispers, How is the Tsarevich? And Mama always gives the report, He seems a little better today, thanks be to God. Or... He needs our prayers. Don't forget him. Of course, everyone in the palace prays for Alexei, because he is the Tsarevich, the son of the Tsar, and will be the next Tsar of Russia after Papa. No one must know that he's so ill. It would alarm the people, Mama and Papa tell us. Alexei is a bleeder. That means he suffers from a disease called hemophilia. I probably can't spell that right. Mr. Gibbs, my English tutor, complains that I am a dreadful speller. Well, however it's spelled, it means that if my brother hurts himself, there's no way to stop the bleeding. A small cut on the skin isn't so bad. But if he injures a joint 
or if something happens to make him bleed inside his body, then the blood is trapped. His joint swells up and hurts him, and he cries awfully. Then Mama turns pale and presses her lips together and begs us all to pray. There is no cure for this disease, and nobody knows what to do. Not Dr. Botkin, who checks all of us every day for signs of rashes and sore throats and such, nor Dr. Derevenko, Alexei's special doctor. The only one who can help Alexei is Father Grigory, the holy man who is Mama's friend. Mama sent a message to Father Grigory to come. Later. Alexei is much better. He always gets better when Father Grigory prays over him. January 11, 1914 A sunny day, but so cold it makes my teeth hurt. Just as we finished our morning lessons, Papa came out of his study, where he had been working since breakfast, and announced that we must go ice skating. My sisters and I dressed in our warmest woolen skirts and thick stockings and fur jackets and ran outside with Papa. Alexei couldn't go, but he waved to us from his window on the second floor in the south wing of the palace. We ran to the lake in the middle of the Imperial Park, where the servants built a roaring fire near the warming hut. As soon as we'd strapped on our skates, Papa got us playing Crack the Whip. I challenged Mashka to a race and won. I couldn't beat Tatiana, because she's the tallest and her legs longest. But when I grow more, I'll beat her with no trouble. Papa stopped us often to make sure our noses were not getting frostbitten. Keep moving, keep moving, my dears, he called out. But we didn't need this advice, because to stand still in such weather is to freeze solid as an ice statue. Later, Mashka asked if I remembered the time I made a snowball with a rock inside and threw it at her, and it knocked her almost unconscious. That was wicked of her to mention it. Of course I remember. Olga Alexandrova, Papa's younger sister, scolded me that day until I cried. Papa never scolds me, and Mama hardly ever. It's only Aunt Olga who does. Yet she's my godmother, and I love her best, after Mama and Papa. But nobody in this dratted family will let me forget that stupid snowball. January 12, 1914 Dr. Derevenko just finished examining Alexei and says he is improving, but cautions that he mustn't be allowed to run about and do dangerous things. Alexei loves to do dangerous things. So do I, but I'm not a bleeder. Girls are not, just boys who inherit it from their mothers. I once overheard Shura gossiping about it. It was Mama's grandmother. Queen Victoria of England, who passed it on through her daughter's blood to their sons and grandsons. I wonder if I shall pass it on to my sons. Not something I can ask, Mama. January 14, 1914 Alexei is much better, and we're all relieved. When he is ill, life seems to hang suspended, as though we have all stopped breathing. Then, when he's recovered, we start living again. It was Father Grigory who cured Alexei this time. Mama's sure of it. Gleb Botkin says that his father and Dr. Derevenko positively detest Father Grigory. They're convinced that he's a fraud. 
They even say that because he's a mujik, a peasant, he has no official family name, and that people in his village in Siberia call him Rasputin. It's an ugly name, meaning dissolute, that he has no morals. Mama would be very upset if she knew how much the doctors dislike Father Grigory, because she believes in him absolutely. So does Anya Virabova. She introduced him to Mama a long time ago when she heard about his miracles of curing the sick and hoped that he could help Alexei. And so we must all believe in him, even if he looks very strange. He is tall and strongly built. His hair is parted in the middle, long and dirty, and his beard is long and dirty as well. Mama says this is a sign of his humility, that he cares nothing for the things of this world. When he looks at you with those fierce blue eyes, it's like he's staring straight into your soul. It makes me shudder. He seems not to bathe much. He does smell rather awful, like Banka, Alexei's pet donkey. But of course, I can't say that to anyone. January fifteenth, nineteen fourteen. I wonder if my sisters are writing in their diaries every day. Mashka scarcely bothers. I know that much. She's at least as lazy as I am. Maybe worse. Papa and Mama think it's important for us to keep diaries. And Mama says we should also be using both old style and new style dates, as she does. This is because Russia uses the Julian calendar, and most other places in the world use the new Gregorian calendar, which is thirteen days ahead of ours. For instance, today is the fifteenth of January in Russia, but in England and Germany and lots of other places, it's already the twenty-eighth of January. How strange! And what a bother! But if Mama says we must.